to the Loyal Locals Podcast. That was weird. My voice sounded weird. <clears throat> Can we do over? Let's do over. Hold on. Sure. Hold on, hold on. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. Episode 13. Episode 13 already. Lucky number 13. Should we skip this one? Isn't it like bad luck to do 13? Steve, Drew, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing? Happy Friday. Happy yeah. Friday. Doing this on a yeah. Friday, a very happy Episode Friday. The thirteenth on Friday, the eleventh. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wait. <gasps> oh no, it's the eleventh. Yeah. Yeah. September eleventh, to be exact. Twenty twenty. God, it's still. It skipped floors and buildings because of thirteen. Now still, you are right. It is a superstitious number. Dude, it still blows my mind that we're even in September already. Like, what, what did you say earlier? We had a meeting. You said uh, we've gone through this year like three times already. It yeah, it's like, like a three. It feels like three years in a year. I think, like that's probably the amount of life. I, it might take off more life than that, but that feels about right. Golly, man, it's it's weird. Uh, it's it's a weird time, but today specifically, we have some good things to talk about. We haven't had very good things to talk about in the you know the last couple of episodes. But, I mean, I guess we did. We have a couple of new players that we uh, talked to, and uh, maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, what's the opposite of a of a podcast cursed curse <laughs> that's what we have going on maybe okay, we'll talk about that maybe let's come up with something we'll, we'll figure it out but before Hold that on. we also want to me- welcome a very special guest today because we are once again joined by another member of the locals leadership kim say hi hi guys how's it going i don't want to say your last name wrong it's dice dice like yeah, roll the dice yeah said it right all right. Like the beer. Like, ah. well, yeah. Now it is. <laughs> Kim, what is your what is your official title and in, uh, in the local leadership? I'm the note taker. I write everything down. Good, bad, ugly. I document it all. Your official title is not note taker. Steve, what's her <laughs> official What's her official title? So Kim is our scribe. Scribe. Um, yeah. Which is incredibly scribe. important. Super and important. Are phenomenal. Because we forget everything. Keeper of docs. Yeah. Yes. It's no, amazing. Very important docs. Just write down the nonsense we say. It's <laughs> yeah. not an easy job. Yeah. Luckily, she doesn't <laughs> have to do it for this podcast. Uh, but we we welcome you. Uh, we're going to be talking Thank about, you. obviously, going to be talking about the uh, awesome game that we just uh, experienced, uh, 3-0 there. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about uh, previewing the upcoming game on Sunday. And then most importantly, we're going to get to know Kim a little bit more in the, you know, later on in this podcast. So make sure you stick around for that because uh, Kim has some pretty awesome stories that we definitely want you guys to, to hear. Uh, but Drew, I, my understanding, sir, is that uh, you encountered a, a little bit of a, of a dilemma recently. Yeah, I was uh, invaded by some of uh, your black army friends. There, uh, I, just I, kidding. I hear there was a there was a they were reddish. Actually, a, a, um, a, pro- a problem there where there was a you know, yeah. I have of- I have a story, and usually people lead off with an anecdote. I have what I like to call an anecdote, uh, uh, where this morning I woke up and I had had some ant problems the last few days. I lost a couple hours to cleaning ants out of my house and trying to fight them off with raid and the various methods you do, uh, and some more natural methods like cinnamon and stuff like that. But uh, this morning, woke up and found that I had not solved the problem. And to that effect, I went outside at one point to uh, go <laughs> go check on something and actually go pick up some more supplies 
to fight these ants and found my car was just infested with ants and called our most recent guest or actually texted our guest here tonight uh, to be like, Hey, do you know how to get ants out of a car? And <laughs> she gave me a couple of suggestions and uh, uh, light it on that. fire. Yeah. Essentially that was the first suggestion. And then it was, if you want to keep it, here's some stuff you can try, but I appreciate that from Kim. So she is a, a great resource with that kind of stuff. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, she was already coming in handy for me as another member of leadership uh, in solving that problem today. So she's generally just a problem solver on top of being our scribe as well. But um, yeah, that's my silly anecdote. Uh, I've lost too much time to it this week, so I'm just done talking about the ants at this point. I went on a rant, ant rant Kim, earlier. Did, so did, did he call you, Kim? Over the ants. Kim he, called you, he called you and he's like, Kim, I have a very important question. I have a problem here that may yeah. be permanent. It's a sports group. Yeah, I have some defiant things in my vehicle. Wow. <laughs> Too many puns. Sorry, you've exceeded your pun quota for the evening. You're done. It is no, an we're, antidote. We're, we're dads now. It's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to get rid of these uh Apparently, I have some tenants in my uh, car. <laughs> wow. It's more than 10 now. <laughs> in my elegant car. <laughs> oh, I can keep going. Okay, we'll stop. Tens of ants. Tenants. <laughs> That's how it came up. That's well. You know Steve what? Wants to take a shot. I think for that, he's, I think we all need a drink. Ready. Does everybody have their tequila ready? Claro que sí. All right. Cheers, guys. I have bourbon. Cheers. Right. Oof. God. I don't know if we should do this. Well, that sanitizes whatever was in your throat, so that works. Yeah, for sure. Good. Well, I was eating some like uh, Oreo ice cream earlier, and that completely destroyed Ooh. that flavor. <laughs> nice. Ooh. I'm going to continue to drink my Arrogant Bastard L by Stone. What are you guys mm. drinking? Back to, Just a old, old, back to Old Faithful, my, my keg beer. I think this is running low soon, so I'll look forward mm-hmm. to, to tapping this and then Hey, yeah. I'm not gonna be. The, I'm not the only person on this with a kegerator. So, oh, <laughs> oh. what you? What you? True. What you got in your kegerator? Uh, I have two kegs on right now. I have a Alpine Nelson, and on the other one is Alesmith. Oh, Diego Antonio. Wow. So we have two beers on right now. They're both mm. IPAs. Um, lovely beers to drink. Did Come I tell on, you dude. guys how much I hate COVID? I'd be over at Kim's house right now. <laughs> Jeez, man! There's some pizza being cooked over there too. God, yeah, deep dish. I'm actually running low during this, Kim. I can I can drive over there maybe halfway through. <laughs> we do have one, a large patio. You can socially really distance over we here. Can come and record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should have done that. Oh, well. It can be done <laughs> next time. Before we jump sure. into this game, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Ricardo Jimenez and Brandon Ambriz, the two Spanish commentators. They're doing a pre and post game, just like uh, our buddies Darren Smith and Jordan Caruth are doing the uh, Match Day Live. This one's Match Day Live en Español on Twitter. They are going live 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after. So welcome aboard, Ricardo Jimenez and Brandon Ambris. I thought you guys did fantastic. Uh, you guys should check that out if you are Spanish speakers. If you're listening to this and you speak Spanish, you should check that out for sure. Uh, bienvenidos, Ricardo y Brandon. Uh, no, they did a great job. They, it was really, really cool to listen to a, you know two different voices and, and kind of comment on on our club. Uh, it was they were good luck apparently too because let's just jump into it, man. Yeah. I mean. 
really, really good. Uh, well, I guess we should probably cover the the Wednesday game against the Lights first. You guys, we, we didn't. Drew, we, we drew one one. All right, let's move on. That's it. I'm saying my name <laughs> with bad law with bad results. Okay, felt like a loss, but it was a draw. Could have gotten a handball. Didn't. Yeah. Refs suck. It's second division. It's America. <sighs> what are you gonna do? Even MLS refs suck. So even Premier League refs can, we, can be terrible. Uh, the one thing I'll say is how clown of a. There's nobody in the stands, and the club has people there lighting off smoke bombs. I mean, come on. That that, would, that kind of stuff come has on. no place in the game. It's just it's a, it's a it's a epitome of what that club is. It's a circus that happens to play football. Um, it is not a football club. It's a wavy wacky. Kim is doing the wavy wacky inflatable too, man. It is that, yeah. but as a club. That is swear, a, what that is that? Just be their crest. Is this a used car lot? <laughs> I swear, I saw Ryan doing that dance too. Shout out to Ryan. Uh, yeah, he's a. Jack of all trades over at the club. He does like social media photography, everything. Um, and I'm pretty sure he was uh, doing the, the that dance that you guys are doing. Right. What are those things <laughs> called? What? That's how white people dance. Maybe wacky inflatable tube, man. That's yeah. what uh, there, there's a Family Guy episode where there's like a used car lot, and he, he says that over and over very quickly. Wavy wacky inflatable tube man. Wavy wacky inflatable tube man. Come on down and get a wavy wacky inflatable tube man. I mean, dude, ma- a monster jam happens at that stadium. Let's just we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but if we want to t- if we want to touch on that game a little bit, I mean, Guido was subbed in, and when he was subbed in, I think the game completely changed. Oh, completely changed. Uh, we didn't we didn't obviously get a goal, um, another goal, but um, it is what it is. It was kind of a sign of this is the quality of player. I mean, before the Vegas game, we had just you know just announced him. I think the day before, literally. So. You know, I, I don't think anybody expected him to start um, that game. Um, so he came on, and what a difference maker he was. You know, immediate impact. So um, quick transition into this Wednesday's game. Uh, got to see all of those, all of our new signings start, um, all four of them. Barry, Tark Morad as center back, um, Guido, and um, Rubio Rubin. So got to see all those guys play and finally we saw some goals right away super right super away sudden. the uh, other new yeah. starter was morgan by the way just to throw yeah, that in thank there too. you i was gonna say morgan hackworth starting who had usually been a sub in the 70th or 80th so it was kind of interesting to see him off the on set and where they were positioning him too is a little bit different than usual you know there was a little bit of uh, confusion within social media i could see a few people that were like alarmed because there was such a new group of players starting, right? I mean, four new players, actually right. five at this point, uh, technically four, but regardless, it was just, it, there was way too much new newness going on within the, the starting mm-hmm. 11 to where I think people weren't quite comfortable about it. I think we know enough and we've, you know, kind of followed and, and we know about these players, Barry, Ruben, who have been on the pod and... You could hear it in their voices. These guys were ready to go. I don't think that Barry had an opportunity in the previous game that he played in. And this one, he had the opportunity to start. And so right off the bat, man, minute, what is it, 33 seconds in, I think? Yeah, I think it was about 33 seconds. That's what I saw. when who I had, Who had minute one for the goal? Who? Anyone? I don't nope. think anybody. Not that Nobody. I saw. Nobody. It was all 30 minutes and plus, I, I think. think. I Shout actually, out to Jeff Barger, who I know had the third minute. Um, wow. I, know, uh, I, I did 11. I thought 11 minutes it was going to take them. Nope. I was off by 10. Yeah, I've been like 38, Crazy. you know, ish. And uh, that third goal was 30. I think it was 38th minute. Um, so it was, it was running the third goal. <laughs> yeah, you were wrong. You were way. Yeah, <laughs> way I was wrong. 
I was at 37, Steve. So yeah, I wasn't much closer, but yeah, it was it, it was impressive. That'll be the lot, quickest goal for our club in quite some time. It, it's very hard to score quicker than than they did. To where you kept saying, "Are they going to score? Wait, they're going to they're going to score." Oh, holy yeah, holy mean, crab, we scored. Yeah, just, anybody else kind of take kinda that, ha- kind of wait and go, wait, wait, was he offsides? Was he offsides? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. Offside call. I mean, came. that and like, it just came from a really quick, you know, we send the ball deep and just counter press. We counter pressed them. They, they lost the ball once they've got it, got it back. We got it again. And then Guido slipped him in and that was it, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I was definitely worried about offside, but at the same time, um, once, once you go past the, what we now think is the VAR timeline and there's no VAR, but you know, we're so conditioned to thinking that there is, um, you can kind of let yourself celebrate. So that was a great, great start to the game. Absolutely. I have barely got my stream up and three seconds later, the goal happened as well. Glad I got my God. Glad I got the stream up right away. Yeah. I almost I'm gonna missed shout it. Out, <laughs> I'm going to shout out um, our podcast guest from last week, Eileen. Uh, she had texted us, um, that day that she was drinking gin and um obviously we had a great result so uh shout to eileen for continue to drink gin on sd little game days and we expect it every game day every thank game you day. eileen your liver um well thank you later <laughs> yes <laughs> or we'll, go, we'll go in on a collective plan we'll, for your liver <laughs> at some point we'll but buy I mean, a nice uh, starbucks we appreciate you <laughs> the- that early goal changes everything, right? I mean, it's what we've been lacking. It's what we've been craving. Um, it completely changes the dynamic of the game. Not to mention that we put a hugely attacking lineup out there with Barry Rubin and Guido. Um, but I, I just think that early goal, you settle the team down. It's finally what we've been searching for. Goals, you know, putting the ball in the back of net, the net. Um, everybody wants it. It finally happened right away. And the team just settled down, you know, calm possession, played out of the back. Everybody looked a little more sharp, a little more controlled. Like they took a deep breath and just played the game that they know and they love. Um, then they stopped thinking too much, you know, it, it just, it, it felt like such a more complete game. Um, one thing that I, I, I noticed specifically was um, that, like I mentioned in the, in the Vegas game, when Guido came on, um, he's just such a calm presence in midfield. And you can just tell he's the kind of guy that, you know, he's so smart in his decision-making. He knows when to put his foot on the ball and slow the game down, or, and he knows when to put his foot on the ball and then sees an opportunity and drives forward with the ball or when to play a quick pass. Like, he's just the kind of guy that dictates the run of play, um, and he's, like, exactly what this team has needed. And that's absolutely no detriment to Carlos or any of the other starting central midfielders, um, which I think I want to talk about a little bit later too. But the, um, I just think there's something about that guy that just – you could just tell the way he plays. It's next level, so – yeah, setting up uh, I, Barry I the way that him. he did uh, like that. And, I mean, from experience, I can tell you, anybody that comes into a squad like LAFC, uh, you, you have to go through John Thornton. You have to go through Bob Bradley first and foremost. And the midfield is a position with an LAFC that is uh, pretty stacked uh, as of as of late. Unfortunately, not so much. And they've had a few changes and things that have happened. But to be able to see Guido finally, you can see what they saw in him bringing him to the squad because – the type of player that he is, seeing him with Loyal, he dic- he dictates the the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of the the uh, the tempo. The tempo. Thank you. That's exactly the word. The tempo of the game in such a way that I mean, <laughs> he set up Barry and he was involved in multiple opportunities. And you could see how important that position is, and you can see what a 
big, big impact he did right off the bat. I mean, when he started the game against, or when he started into the game against uh, Vegas, and then this one, you can see he's a, he's a game changer. And so I'm excited to see more of Guido. I'm excited to see him score in a loyal jersey, honestly, uh, because that almost happened this game as well. But uh, we actually, we wouldn't have to wait much longer, Drew. I mean, after the first goal uh, with Barry, our second podcast guest as of last week, which I recommend you go and check that out because Rubio Rubin is a fantastic human being. You can hear it in his voice. The guy, he has some goals. He has set out some goals, and I think that here is where he's going to make it happen. 20th minute, man. Rubin comes in and puts it in. Another guy that had been bouncing around a little bit, but people had seen a lot of and, and definitely wanted to have just consistency out of and having another striker up there with him who reads the game similarly. It's it's fun to see them play off each other, actually. Um, him and Barry obviously worked together. Uh, it's what they saw in practice. And they're like, hey, we can throw them both out there and they're going to generate um, and find those spaces. Uh, so the two of them with Guido kind of sitting in behind him and having the ability to play it, play it forward was was pretty, pretty impressive. But Really, with Rubin, the the goal there, and Nate pointed this out, was the um, the amount of passes it took to get to that goal was highly impressive, uh, and and just what every coach wants, right? It's like it's the yeah. ideal scenario when you're doing a coaching drill of like passing and moving it up, um, you know. And Rubin was kind of in on the other two goals as well, so just to kind of point that out, he was very much a force uh, as well. But on this goal, it was he was just kind of playing that classic, waiting for the ball up top, and kind of giving that space, and everybody was making good runs in and and the right passes around to figure it out and break them down and get that second goal, which is so crucial, especially when you're trying to build towards a third to cap the game off. 2-0 is a hard lead, but you have to get to two to get to three. And they really broke them down a really impressive way. So I think it was Colin to Charlie to Jack to Rubin, I believe, uh, according to our notes here. And that's, that's that's pretty impressive in terms of just around a play, and that's exactly what you'd want um, in terms of kind of trying to rotate the ball and create something. Um, yeah. you know, and I think to, to like tie in what I was saying earlier about the midfield, Colin played a deeper role this game. He's been playing as mm-hmm. like a number eight, number 10 kind of hybrid. And I think this game, he really sat deeper in like that, like more of a number six. He kind of took, you know, him and Charlie kind of swapped spots, which I thought was really interesting, but I thought worked so well because Colin is really good on the ball. He's really good at passing and breaking lines. Um, this, it, I think this goal was just totally created by him stepping up and making defenders commit and, just shifting their entire defense out of position. And well, didn't, we didn't mention that he's the one that scored a goal against lights. Is that not? Right. Yeah. Yep. So there you yeah. go. A little bit of a change there already. Does so we all. saw that happen. Yep. And mm. because he's a forward, I think he can see those forward passes a little bit better as well when he drops back. So I think he has that ability in both phases. And, and Guido, similarly, when he comes back, you can see him winning balls and throwing them forward in a way that is just next. It's higher level than what we've seen before from some of these players. Yeah, and guess what? Before the second half was over, a third one would go in. Once again, Mr. Miguel Berry putting it into the back of the net in 38th. Exceptional play. What a goal, man. This guy literally walked it in. Uh, It was ridiculous where that play started from, how it ended up. It was all Berry. It was crazy. Uh, Does anybody want to break that down? Because I don't even know how I could piece it all together. A lot of stepovers. Kim, a lot of uh, Kim, go for it. <laughs> move, yeah, movement. <laughs> no. Kim, you got you yeah. got the exact breakdown. 
No. The one two step. <laughs> I, don't, on I don't take that good a note. You can, re- you can recreate that right in your backyard there for us. Um, let me no, let I mean, me just... pull out my whiteboard and show you exactly what they did. No, <laughs> um, no I mean just exceptional play. He, he kind of had the defender in the ball on his back, and he just turned and played the ball forward, outran him, and then dribbled right at the keeper and played it right through the keeper's legs. I mean, it's just that kind of exceptional forward play where you say he has more quality, more speed better touch, more physicality than the defender that was, you know, one-on-one against him. And he beat him. He just straight up beat him um, it's, yeah. for a, a very, very impressive quality goal. It's, it's like what why you, you get, it's why you bring guys like this on, right? He's a, yep. he's a, he was yeah. a quality, you know, standout at USD. He's a draft pick. Um, an MLS player currently still is an MLS player on loan to us. Um, and you can see that you can see those moments that um, he's just, just a cut above the rest. I think what he said on the podcast was he loves to carry the ball and then also shoot. Yeah. And that was a clear example of why why he likes to is because he obviously can and do it. And, you, and people always say that I'm a forward who likes to dribble uh, and, and really take that forward in a way that's completely towards the, the goal is not always a direct path. Sometimes you have to kind of shift, know your spot, but always trying to not take too many steps, which we've seen with this team specifically do uh, in that box. That has not been the correct way of going about it so for him to you know show that to the rest of the team that's not only what he wants to do but it's also i think what our team wants to see more of is a player taking it on taking on the initiative but not taking too many shot steps but knowing when to face goal and take their shot which is he's obviously got the right nose for it and couldn't be more happy as wearing our kit for the rest of the season i can't tell you how many times previous to this game i have yelled have it have it at my tv screen watching them and um this game it, it it they they took it when they had the opportunity and it felt good it felt really good yeah yeah i mean that's a good that's a really good way to put it right like in the past games we've had very few chances and the few chances we have had we really haven't done much with this game we had chances we created chances because of our players and we took the chances that we did have um obviously and then i think we got to halftime rubin had um, you could kind of see it in the first half. He was fighting some kind of a quad injury. Maybe it was like, I, I don't know, some, something. Because he he kept continuing on. I think if it was an injury, he obviously would have subbed off for the sake of the rest of the season. But he, he did sub at half. Um, they were going to sub him out uh, at some point, And he's like, no, 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 I'll stay. Do you, get, do you guys notice that? Where he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'll, I'll, I'll work through this. And then eventually yeah. it was like, yeah, I need to get yeah. out. But he yeah. actually wanted to continue think, to play. He scored a goal in the 20th. And he's like... Right. He's like, I want to score another one. <laughs> you know, he could see his yeah, passion I, there. Maybe, and maybe, I don't know that obviously, obviously the conversation is at halftime, but they, they might have been, hey, man, we're up 3 0. We need you for the rest of the season. Don't, you know, there's no way you're going to push yourself. We're going to pull you out. Um, but I thought it was a good sign that he kind of pushed through at least a little bit. Probably adrenaline's high. He really wants to perform in his first sure. game back out there. Um, and then after half, uh, they ended up getting a red card. Um, 60th and then minute, right? We pulled. I'm sorry. I think it was the six, yeah, sixtieth minute, was it? Yep. And um, then we pulled Guido and Miguel shortly after that, and I think we just kind of calm possession, um, saw the game out. Um, it was a totally think, it's uh, a, two totally different halves, right? Totally. I mean, you. I mean, we don't we, we don't give you too many stats, <clears throat> but the the possession itself, I think the reason that we won the possession game was because of the first half. Right, it was fifty-seven mm-hmm. forty-three right. total in our favor. Of course, if you're looking at that, I mean, that gives you an idea of uh, how 
much possession we actually created in the beginning. Um, I think, like you said, there were some changes coming into the second half that changed the game, changed the tempo, and therefore we kind of take a step back. And, and there were still opportunities. We just didn't quite... Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't quite uh, capitalize on those opportunities in the second half as much as we did the first half. Yeah, and I mean, continue to talk about the second half, something that I was super – I mean, I, I think Zizo was obviously our captain to start the season and captain going into it when we played a three-back. Um, and I honestly haven't been super happy with seeing him as, as a member of one of the three center backs. He's much more like a left-back, and I think his age and mobility and injuries and stuff like that has definitely limited his, abil- his, his you know ability to play as like an attacking left-back or an attacking right-back. Um, but then when he subbed in in this game, he was he played like right wing, and I think I mean he number one he embarrassed somebody with a huge bag. I mean fast. he just like took their soul, oh, and yeah. um, I I I would love to see him play it on the wing, just like a straight up, you know, kind of the position that Morgan Hackworth started the game with um, the game in. I'd love to see him push a little higher up. I mean that's that's more of his natural position. That's where he started as a young kid and um, where he played in the prime of his career. Um, obviously uh, you see it with a lot of players and the one that comes to mind is DeMarcus Beasley where, um, you know, you get older in age and you start moving backwards in the field. Um, but your, your quality is still there. And I think that's kind of what happened initially with Sal, but I, I would love to see him played a little bit higher in the field and just say, Hey, bud, go out there, show your skills, show your quality, go for it and see what happens. I think it was a thought in the beginning of the season, see if he could transition to that point, that center back, uh, role and, and see where he played there, especially with the, that grouping. I think they liked him with Joe a lot, but it is what he played with Atlanta at a high, high level before he stopped playing was that position. So I think that's really where he seems very comfortable. Um, you see him, he lights up when he gets the ball there, um, that he just didn't as a center back, you can see him think and see that the, the wheels turn. So it's been way, way, way more fun. <laughs> to watch that just in general. So from a fan's sake, just give us more of Sal in a forward position. We like to say um, it's, it's more fun when he gets across the half line for sure. Yeah. I just have to say really quick that starting 11 is by far the best starting 11 that we've ever put out on the field. For sure. Mm-hmm. And it showed, right. And Very Joe wasn't even in yet. We'll get to that. But yeah, so so we do have players that can even phase in that I think are very good too. Good um, that will add to it somewhat. Good point. Yep. Coming in towards Phoenix and some of these really hard games. Hopefully, we'll see. Fingers crossed, man. That's a that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, we only allowed four shots. One one of them was on goal. What? That doesn't yep. sound like us. I know it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Great what? stuff. I mean. Good defense, wow. you know, control the game. Again, I think it's highlighted by wow. the early goal. We were kind of able to sit back and and uh, <laughs> hold possession and organize. We weren't pushing for a goal, you know, at the end of the first half or into the second half, like we have been in the past. So, yeah, I, I think there it's was great. a point where the announcer said, like, uh, I think it was Tatino was like, uh, and, the, and and he hasn't even left his feet. Oh, there he does for a slight hop, where he was just like almost like. It was just like he almost wanted to stretch his legs because he had it in a while. He like kind of made it more of a save than he would have normally because he's pretty clean. But yeah, it was kind of funny. He, he was go, feeling it. And to go against that, I mean, our shots, we had 10 shots and six on target. Like that's a wow. pretty good conversion rate. And yeah, I mean, 10 shots, you say, you know, usually oh, that's not that much. But when you get six of them on target, that's that's a that's pretty good. After the desert we've been in, too, that's like rain. That's like yeah. a dra- that's like a hurricane or uh, typhoon. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, took me a while to get there. It's the right weather analogy. There you go. Yeah, shout out to Joe Tatino by the way, because he, okay, so he's he's absolutely the voice of the galaxy, and he has been forever since '96. And he's a San Diegan. He's from San Diego. He lives in yep. San Diego, so you could 
kind of tell there was some things where he would say things like, you know, they came with a plan and they're executing that plan, whereas Galaxy is not so much, you know. And there was a couple yeah. of other comments like that where actually even um, his um, his colors analyst as well. I for, I don't forget his name, but uh, you could tell these guys were impressed. They I don't think they were quite expecting Loyal to show up that the way the way that they did. So it was it was great to see. Um, I think we do need to move on from this because we still have a lot to cover. But is there anything else that yeah. you guys want to hit before we we move on and, and pass this? I will shout out to um, Caesar again for sending us the, um, the the match report, the detailed scouts, the, the detailed scouts, the detailed stats. Um, shout out to him. Uh, really appreciate this this kind of stuff, especially me as the engineer. I'm, uh, I eat this stuff up. Anything else, Drew? Kim? No, I, I'm the person who said nobody listens to recaps, so it's my own fault. That's <laughs> true. Waxing on. So everybody who hates that can, <laughs> can hate me for hating myself. Uh, we'll move on. Where's their next game, Jerry? Who are we playing? Some Orange County. Oh, hey, we're wearing orange, by the way. What is that about? Did you guys see that? I think it's a psych-out move. I think we're trying to get them to pass it to us. I think that's what <laughs> and, they're going for. And our our best game ever in the orange. Uh, let's keep with that. Let's stick with the, I think the orange kids. That might be what it is. Maybe the players said, hey, we want to keep it. We like these kids. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be facing off against Orange County Soccer Club Sunday night at 7 p.m. in Orange County. Uh, I think it's here. It's here. In San Diego. And uh, (laughs) what? I can edit. It's all right. (laughs) I'm not not going to. Uh, No, it's actually, yeah, it's here. But uh, we're going to be wearing our secondary. So that's where I I was a little confused. We are totally going to psych them up. Uh, They are typically the orange wearing uh, group, but. It's not going to happen this time, so that's interesting. And to go to go back to um, Wednesday, just a tad. Um, playoffs are still alive for us. I mean, there's a, certainly a hill, hill to climb, but to go back to Wednesday, the um, there was a huge result that happened. Orange County was actually playing Sacramento, and um, they were Sacramento was up one zero, and they were playing against ten men. Um, and Sacramento actually they came back and scored two goals late, and they beat Orange County down a man, and that's humongous for. Um, our playoff chances. We essentially really, really needed them to lose. Wow. And um, this up, <laughs> this upcoming Sunday's match um, is just as big. It's it's absolutely a must win for us. We have to get three points if we if there's any chance at us, you know, looking forward to the playoffs. That was surprising. That happened right yeah. after our game. What a way to like cap off the night, right? It's coming off a three zero win, and then you're watching a game where it's like, oh man, they're down a man. You know, they're 1-0, and then bam, they score. It's like, <gasps> what? Please, hold on to the tie. And then, no, they're, they're like, nah, we're going to beat them 2-1 against Sacramento. By the way, Sacramento is not the greatest of teams right now. Uh, they're figuring something out. I don't, I, they're breaking it down to build it back up, I guess. I don't know. But Orange County is a great team. So that was they're uh, a very good team, yeah. Definitely. Uh, Definitely one of those times when uh, you can say we, we say MLS is gonna MLS. We can say USL is gonna USL on this one. Was, wow, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, like you said, we definitely do have a hill to climb. Uh, but we, I mean, four matches left. Uh, if all four matches go our way, and then maybe we hope for some OC uh, losses, ties, and uh, lo- Galaxy Two losses and ties. Right? Is that kind of what yep. we're hoping for at this point? And there. 
Yeah, there goes the uh, actually that's the OCSC guys coming down to San Diego. <laughs> They're fast and piercing down here. In, I, uh, um, in I apologize. I live in Mara Mesa, and my house is close to Mara Mesa Raceway, so I yeah have to hear that. All the rice rockets all night. Dang it! Oh, <laughs> I know it sounds horrible, horrible. I used to live there. It is, it's a quite the sight, though. If you do want a good time and you're bored in this coronavirus pandemic, just pull up your car outside of the uh, the Pizza Hut Panda Express on uh, Mira Mesa Boulevard there, and you can watch some fun races uh, for free. You don't even have to pay. It's fantastic. Yeah, because that's so true. Um, I used to, yeah, I used to live right around the corner from there, uh, where Kim's Kim Kim's around the locale as well. It's it's a fun place. It's it's an, it's enjoyable. So, um, yeah, the, this is I will why say- I, why I have dual pane windows. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so you can sleep well at night. There you go. There okay, we got four matches left. Jerry saying, I think if they split at least two losses, two draws each, we should, and we win our games, we should be able to get in. Um, but generally, there's some ways that needs to break in terms of results. Yeah. Uh, Steve has a spreadsheet. If you're curious, you can you can find him uh, at Scuba Steve. I will send uh, you. I will send you the link. I will. There you um, go. But he's, yeah, no, that's it, ours. It, Don't it, share it with nobody. Drew's right. I did make a spreadsheet for scenarios, and there's a ton of scenarios that get us in the playoffs still. But it does. Yeah. It requires a good amount of help um, from you know other clubs beating Orange County and beating LA Galaxy too. Um, and mind you, we we basically we don't need to win out. I mean, obviously, we need to win the game versus Orange County in their last game against LA Galaxy two. Um, but two of the last four games we play are against Phoenix, and you guys know Phoenix is a incredible. They're they're really good. So. Um, essentially, we, we can't lose either of those games. If we draw both, we need more help. If we win one of those games and draw the other, we need less help. Um, so it there's, there's scenarios, but essentially we need to play like we did in the first 45 minutes the entire rest of the season um, to even have a sliver of a chance to make the playoffs. So um, there's still hope. I mean, obviously, it's a good sign going into these last this last stretch that we did just have an incredible incredible showing. Um, so uh, there's hope. We'll see. There's hope. You know what there isn't hope for is that darn sports arena site. And by the way, I'm going to let you guys talk about this. Don't spend too much time on it. I'm going to really quickly run to my fridge and see if my beer is ready to go because I have a second one ready to go. But um, you guys take it away. Sports arena site. What happened Uh, there? I can can chime in here. So really what you're looking at is a a systemic failure of – uh, government working the way that it's saying it's going to do uh, ahead of time and then not fulfilling that. So the process at the outset was that the Midway Planning Group, as well as um, you know the city council, <laughs> came together and said, we want to put together an RFP or a request for a proposal for this site. And they put it down. They had, I believe, somewhere between 8 to 16 original um, inquiries or groups that wanted to put forth a proposal of which three or four were moved to a finalist stage. Two were chosen for that super final in which we were able to see as the public and weigh in with our opinion on MSED uh, versus the current group, the ASG group, which is a division of AEG, who's built the Staples Center uh, and some other uh, arenas around the country, uh, as well as kind of some uh, divisional building manufacturers, Brookfield on one side, you had Toll Brothers, who's part of the ASG group, uh, to build housing with both proposals, very similar in the mixture, just a lot of differences in terms of the outcome, one with more of a park, one with more of an existing pathway of what's there now with some more retail kind of mallish type of feel to it. 
That's the proposal that won out. According to the mayor's scoring guide, there was a slight uh, dissension as to what the scoring guide looked at. And Steve, I'll kind of hand it over to you from there. We found out that proposal won. We didn't know for a week and a half as to why it won. We were told it had better merits. We liked that it had a full day they, they at the last second said they wanted to have a full size arena. And that's pretty much all we knew until we got the scorecards. And the scorecards were kind of interesting. Okay, yeah, hey, I I'm, the- I'm, I'm back. Are we still talking about the sports arena? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, just, cool. just a recap. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, on the scoring, and I think my issue with it is that the they submitted their bids, and then you know they evaluated. There was some reports that they, you know, both both of the offers up their bids to brand new arenas. We hear we hear heard, and still don't really have too many details about what those arenas entailed. You know, what was promised, what wasn't promised, um, and then they came out with that decision. Now the scores. Um, so it's confusing. I'm, I'm hoping there's some clarification. If not, I'm going to reach out to the club and ask if they can clarify for just for my personal sake, because I'd like to know. Um, and if not, maybe we can have somebody, you know, one of them on the podcast to clarify, because I'm sure our listeners are curious as well. Um, ultimately, we didn't win. And that sucks. Um, more of my issue is with the transparency of it. Um, the popular vote, which, you know, the popular vote and the public input that they gave us the opportunity to submit. Um, it didn't really factor in at all, according to the scores and the details that they released, which bothers me like at, at a level that I, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, you know, it's, yeah, sure. There's financials and all that stuff, but the public was overwhelming. It was like 64%, um, or I think even higher than that. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. If, um, Drew, if you want to pull it up or something, but that, uh, yeah, it was overwhelming. I mean, it was yeah. obviously the, I think it was 68. It was even like, it was pretty high. It, it was yeah. somewhere maybe in the higher 60s. So it's not really a question of public input that was heavily weighted towards the one with more of a parkish feel to it. Uh, there was not only that, I think an attention to what San Diegans had inputted for wanting a base somewhere in the city that we haven't had yet. You have stuff in, in Petco and kind of downtown around that area that you don't want to necessarily see replicated in Midway or see it be a fabrication of the same thing. You want Midway to stand on its own and kind of have a unique feel to it as they build it up and reimagine what it is. And the the residents there, I think, spoke more to that plan, uh, as well as the overwhelming public support from San Diego residents and people interested in the projects. So it is somewhat baffling to understand that the objective parts of the scoring were heavily weighted in favor of that proposal. Yet the subjective parts seem to be very heavily weighted in favor of the other proposal, who also s- happens to be backed by major donors of the mayor <laughs> as well. So th- there's all these city politics that go into it that we're not a politics podcast. If you want to listen to that kind of stuff, there's a lot better outputs for it. Uh, Jack, D- 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 Darren, I was going to say Jack and Darren, Darren Jack. <laughs> Jack and Jaren. We need to get that. Uh, we need to get that uh, um, sound that they use. That woo 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 from uh, Ben Woods. We need to find that. Yeah, it's a, an old timey vaudeville sound, but they do a great job of covering it on Kogo and and a few other yeah. shows. If you want to listen, kind of the the breakdown of where these things go uh, politically, but uh, overall, it just seems like another opportunity that's not there. But there's a lot more opportunities to come. You know, that's one of the things from the beginning that they mentioned. Uh, that this wasn't their only option. They said, hey, this is one of our options. If it fails, if we don't, you know, if it doesn't fall through or if it falls through and we don't uh, actually win this bid, that's okay. We're going to continue to look. They said it from the beginning. And uh, 
we are aware that the club is still working as, on uh, backup plans, and they stated it on Twitter. That, you know, the club said, this is not the end for us. We still do want to find out exactly why it is that we lost this bid. And as we saw, it, it basically came down to two factors, which is the financial stability of the group, which, by the way, is ridiculous because we did bring in somebody that was like a the, like billion-dollar whatever. Uh, and then also experience. Those two factors. Uh, and in that sense, yes, AEG does take over. However, they're also not the greatest of companies, and people already know this. Uh, they you know, partner up with the uh, pyramid schemes like Herbalife and things like that. Uh, and they've been known to do some shady things as well. Long story short, I mean, we can talk about this forever and ever, but at the end of the day, this is not the end all be all option. They're looking for more. Uh, and uh, realistically, I think that it was probably a good thing that it didn't happen. I'm assuming something better is on the way. That's just always the way that I want to see it. So we'll see. I mean, Either way, it was only going to be a temporary home, right? So it was never a, permanent. It was always a, a, a way station or a kind of bus station or Grand Central station, if you will, towards whatever our next venture is, uh, which the club has assured us they have lots of sites. They've thrown out lots of numbers that are very encouraging in terms of just number of sites that they're looking at and ideas that they have uh, to say that there's no one pathway that's going to limit their success. Uh, they will be successful. That is not a question. It's just a question of what the pathway looks like. Is it more difficult or is it something where they're set up in a, in a nice place? And as we've all seen, the world can change in six months. So you can have a site that you think is terrible. And then maybe in two years, because of new guidelines and, and legislation that comes out about stadiums, we go, oh, that's the perfect spot for a stadium. You know what? That actually is going to be amazing. So you just don't know these days, but I, I've heard a lot of really interesting places. I'll say get on Google Maps and look at parking lots or look at maybe open spaces within the city center. Um, I think that's where they want to be. And you've heard Warren do interviews about it, but we don't really want to site speculate. Just kind of have fun. And there's a lot of options out there that are smaller than maybe what you're thinking of um, when you're thinking of like a Charger Stadium replacement or it has to be Damn next Drew. to Petco or something like that. I hate just you so much, Very high-priced places. There's a lot of cool places you can build stuff I that aren't necessarily you. right next to Petco. I hate you, know? you so much, Drew. I'm sorry. I just have to tell you I hate you. You just said, don't speculate, but go ahead and go on Google and look for uh, <laughs> parking <laughs> area. Have fun. <laughs> what are you want to. I'm so that if you guys, uh, I, I you, do it. I'm one of the people who do it. Listen, so I'm not going to tell them not well, to, but so, I'm going to tell them that it's fruitless and it goes nowhere, even if you're connected. September, so that's all I'm telling them. September 11th, if you want to uh, go ahead and uh, come talk to me, I will be up all damn night trying to figure out where this new stadium is going to be. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but that's a great point. I'm just messing with you. You know, I love you. Yeah. yeah uh, it, it just goes nowhere <laughs> to speculate unless you know. Really, and we just don't know. So you never, you never, you have to have hope. And with this group, I have confidence, and that's the big thing. So, do we have some questions? I know that you put out that uh, that out. You crowdsourcing for some questions and stuff. I mean, I, th I think we need to move on. I don't think we should. Did you want to we'll come back to those? We'll get the listener questions at the end. Maybe we'll make that a tradition and we'll, we'll hit the questions at the end. So they have to listen to their questions at the end. But let's talk about our guest. She's been hanging out, uh, chiming in here and throwing in her two cents. We had to Good make her break down Miguel or uh, Barry's solo goal, which is not too nice because I don't think any of us could have done it off the top of our heads as well. But I would love to ask her more about uh, kind of her background and what went into her joining up with uh, us crazy group uh, and doing doing this sort of stuff. 
Yeah. So I, okay. I'm not that young. So I started playing soccer in the 1989, 1990, uh, AYSO soccer. I grew up in South Orange County. Don't hate me. I don't support the opposing team. I've been in San Diego for 20 years now. Um, my first real hint of, um, professional soccer, um, Back in the early 90s, the men's national, U.S. men's national team used to practice in Mission Viejo. I grew up in Dana Point. And uh, in 1994, they went to the World Cup. And I got to meet the 94 men's national team. I got to meet Kobe Jones and Alexi Lalas. I was 12 years old. You can do the math. I'm old. And uh, it was it was so cool to meet, meet all those guys. And that was my first real introduction to professional soccer. Um, my world was very limited. I played AYSO soccer up until that point, and um, that's when I started. I met um, most of my current soccer friends, if you fast forward to maybe 2011, 2012. Before you fast forward, was your, was your dad a soccer fan? Was your mom a soccer fan? Like, no. Was your soccer family, or how did you no. kind of get tied no. into the national team that young? No. <laughs> Nobody. Um, my best friend that we've been best friends since kindergarten, um, she played soccer and I had to do everything that she did. So my dad signed me up for AYSO soccer and our, our coach decided that it was important to go see the national team practice. They were practicing that day. And then after their practice, they did a meet and greet with our, our kids team. So 94, so I was 12. So yeah, a bunch of 12 year old girls. <laughs> uh, they had to talk to all of us girls and I was terrified of Alexi Lawless. He looked like Sideshow Bob at the time. <laughs> if you guys look back at pictures of him back in 94, he was pretty intimidating to a little girl. Um, Update, he still looks like Sideshow Bob. <laughs> he's still frightening. Oh, it doesn't matter a, what age you are. He got a haircut. He doesn't. He's not as scary now. I still but, hate um, him. He just acts like Sideshow Bob now. <laughs> but that's, that's, where it, that's where it started. Um, yes, he acts like Mr. Burns. It's kind of weird. <laughs> it's a little interesting a angry old man but yeah if you've uh, fast forward to um i mean i watched the national team all through that time i was i didn't have any family that was interested in it or anything like that um i was in maui in 2002 for the world cup i think it was being played in korea south korea and uh, i'd get up at it wasn't super late it was like midnight or one in the morning or whatever when i was over in hawaii i'd make Get get up, get everybody up. We had to watch the USA play, um, and they, everybody thought I was nuts. Um, hey, and we, then uh, we, learned, we learned it's Hawaii in the last episode. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Eileen. <laughs> 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 I, I, I did. I did hear her say that. I'm like, oh, I yeah. can never say it like she says it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I fast forward to 2011, 2012. I met a bunch of the. Uh, San Diego chapter of the American Outlaws at O'Brien's Pub down here in Curdy Mesa. Shut That's how I met Steve and Drew and Tom and a whole bunch of people. Um, and that's my U.S. side of it. But I also have other soccer ties. I don't know if you want me to bring those up or yeah, let's go. Let's dive into it. Yeah, okay. so we we know you're. Um, for anybody, you know, I'll, I'll preface this a little bit. Kim um, is a Leicester City supporter. Um, it's a really cool story. Um, I will let you tell it, but she leads the the small contingent and maybe not so small anymore. I don't know um, of the Lesser City supporter group here. Um, 
I think it's incredible. So you want to tell that story? I, yeah. I mean, I know it because I'm, you know, you and Yo, I they have a championship, a, dude. I want you to tell the story from the start. Yeah, it's not a long story. Um, so I've, I love soccer. I wanted to watch the English Premier League. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I didn't want to just pick one of the top six. Um, I know my family's from England. We've been here in the United States for 200 plus years. So I went on Ancestry.com and I started digging to see where in England my family is from. So I went back to, oh God, late 1700s. <laughs> and I had relatives that lived in Leicester. So I said, okay, that's my team. And that's how I picked Leicester to be my team. And at this point, I did not follow the Premier League at all. Did not watch any games. Um, and this was four, three, four years ago. So it was after they had won the champion, the you know, the Premier League title. But I didn't know they had won it. So some people gave me a little bit of a hard time saying, oh, you just picked it because they just won. I said, no, no, not quite so much. Um, and that's how I, that's how I followed Les, uh, Lester. So I started the Facebook group because I wanted to see, is there anybody I can go watch games with? And uh, so I started the Facebook group and I met, um, I met uh, first Bill. Bill was the first person that came out. Bill brought Tony. We, we go to Bluefoot uh, Bar in North Park. And then I met Chris. So, and then shortly thereafter, a few months later, Matt followed. And so now we have the San Diego Foxes, which is pretty darn active on face on uh, Twitter. Twitter is the big one. And, um, and it's a great group of people. I've met some yeah, really nice, really nice people through that, through those people, through that group. Some incredible like game day posters and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know who does that kind of stuff, but I, I always see that. I'm like, damn. Yeah. So, good. so Matt, Matt um, has a lot of connections in Leicester. He's been a fan since the late nineties and uh, he knows people at Leicester and he has friends that do artwork. So they, they post a lot of, excuse me, a lot of artwork. We even had our, our, um, San Diego Foxes banner in the stadium for the last part of the season. Um, so that's really cool. I mean, I, I started the Facebook group, but that's kind of taken the reins and kind of made it a lot bigger than I could have ever made it. That's so awesome. And actually is making me now want to find my Spanish team to follow by looking at my ancestry and going there back and go. seeing where my, cause I might, my, my, actually my grandma on my dad's side was very much Spanish. She was blue-eyed, blonde lady. Um, so I might be able to find something. I'm gonna have to go on Ancestry. I bet you can. That's pretty um, cool. When you go back, when you get back deep in Europe, you you do have to pay a little bit extra because the records aren't always accessible. But um, you can find all sorts of interesting things when you dig dig a little bit. That's awesome. My mom was born in Madrid, but. It I'm not sure which side. So I have to find the hospital and which side she lived on for two years to associate whether it was Atletico, Atletico or Real. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> me I claim either one. Yeah, I usually claim Atletico for cool reasons. My brother spent two years there uh, working and he claimed Atletico. So that's kind of the, the end. But yeah, it's always fun to trace that back. And I'm Spurs for a similar reason. My grandfather was Jewish. He didn't have ties to Spurs. He just kind of liked it and went and had been around there a little bit, but just because it was the Jewish ties mainly and, um, you know, in soccer. But yeah, it's the same sort of thing is when you find that blood tie, it bring, takes something that's part of you and, and brings yeah. a different connection to it. That's just, you know, it, it, you can't really 
recreate that with something that's, you know, a top four or, hey, it's fun to watch. It makes it a whole different type of connection with the people as well that you're meeting online that gives it a whole grounding, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to take this next one then. Uh, I want to know if if you became a license, uh, uh, Lester. Lester City supporter, how did you come to support BVB? Ooh, okay. Dortmund. So I supported Dortmund before I supported Leicester. Um, this one's not as clear cut. I'm not German. Um, I, I guess part of it was during the time that I, that I was looking for a Bundesliga team. Um, Captain America was playing for Dortmund and that would be Christian Pulisic. And also I don't like the teams that always win. So like Bayern, I mean, I'm sorry, Martin. Martin's one of my buddies and Taylor. Um, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get on board with supporting the team that had been winning over and over and over again. Um, and uh, so I, I decided, you know, real quick, that support- was, that was Kim taking her sword out. If you guys heard that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Steve passed me. <laughs> A deep dish pizza that he just made, and uh, the fork almost fell, but I yeah, caught it. I wasn't even looking. No, that, um, that literally sounded like you got board, a samurai yeah. sword <laughs> out of its sheath. Yeah. So that's that's how I started. That's how I um, that's how I started following Dortmund. And um, it, we don't. It's kind of funny. Like Dortmund's one of the biggest clubs in the world, and uh, we don't have as strong of a following in San Diego as Leicester does, which is just blows my mind. Um, it, it has in part to do with a few of our big active members moving actually to England, uh, a couple people to, uh, well, one person to Arizona, let me see, a bunch of people just moved away from San Diego, which is a little unfortunate, but Nate, Nate still follows, um, Chris Garcia still supports Dortmund. Um, it's a great fun team to watch. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was more optimistic at the beginning of last season for both of my European teams than I am this year. Um, I, well, now, yeah. I mean, Bayern just won Champions League, so they're sitting. Nah. Nah. So, so um, when, I, when, I visit, <laughs> when I visited Germany, I have to tell you that I actually, at that point, was kind of supporting Bayern, like following them a little bit. And so, like, I got a, a jersey and whatnot just because I was there. I didn't see any dormant stores except for except for i saw a bunch of stickers of the dormant supporters and that's when i fell in love with the club itself i don't really what? have a german club per se what city were you in jerry i was in a whole bunch of different cities i can't even okay i i, I have to go back it's been a little while and, and i can actually we can have this conversation later on but um their supporters are what what really got me excited for bundesliga Golly, the Dortmund supporters are the most, the most rabid supporters. They are intense. Oh, the yellow so wall, intense. man. The yellow wall is That's revered everywhere. So crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we it's a, one of the biggest, it's, I think, the biggest soccer stadium in the world, right? Yes. 80, 80 something thousand capacity. Um, Beautiful. Stadium. I've That's never, I've, I've never been to Dortmund, but, yeah. um, my goal is to go watch a game there. I just think it would be an amazing experience. Those stadiums are massive. People don't think about it because they're fan owned and they're supporter owned. 
you end up with a lot of them having tickets, right? So they all sit in seats. And, and so because of that, you end up with these very large stadiums. So Stuttgart's my team because of family reasons as well. It's where my people come from. But they're much more difficult to watch because they'll fall down to the Bundesliga. But they have this the Bundesliga 2. And you'll have this stadium with 60,000 people in Bundesliga 2. And it's, you know, you don't see that in the Premier League just because the competition's not as fierce below, you know, kind of throughout the entire league. It's more kind of whatever, but it's a great, uh, great oh. fan league and just great traditions to take out. Jerry pulled out a BBB I scarf. I love it. I was at that game, Jerry. I was at that game. That was the LAFC and Dortmund game. I went up yeah. with Chris Garcia. What a game, right? It was fun. I mean, it, you know, neither team really put 100% effort into it, but at least I can say I saw Dortmund play. But it was so good to see, like, the two squads. It was, it was just, yeah. it was for sure a That's fun so game cool. to watch, regardless of how much, like you said, effort. What is it? 1-1 one, one draw, I think it ended up? Yeah, it was not real exciting, but whatever. <laughs> I'm just yeah. glad I got to see him. A lot easier than traveling overseas to go watch him play. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, Steve, where do we go from here, sir? Because we so, still have a lot to talk about. So to go keep into your past, um, how? let's talk about your past with cars and racing. Is that how did that get started? You know, um, I know your history. I, you know, like I said before, we're friends, but please tell tell that because that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, whew, OK, let's go back uh, 2002. I got my first BMW. It was a 1994 325. Um, I loved the car. It was beautiful, like dark blue metallic coupe, gorgeous car. And then I realized how expensive it was to repair it. I said, well, I can probably learn how to do this myself. So I got on some forums and met some friends and realized I was actually pretty good at fixing cars. Um, over that time, so through the forums, I met people that did autocross, which is basically like um, a cone course in a parking lot set up by time. There's timers at the beginning and the end. Um, I did my first autocross in like 2003. Um, it was a lot of fun. Then people said, oh, if you really like this, did you know that you can take your car to a racetrack, um, like a road course track where you turn left, right, and go real fast? I said, no way. I need to do this. Um, I did my first track day. I'm trying to think. It was probably at Willow Springs. Um, and I was just hooked. It was just game over after that. Um, and... That was in 2003, 2004. Um, I spent years doing track days until I actually got pretty good, started instructing other people. In 2009, I got a, uh, I went to race school over in Atlanta at Road Atlanta Raceway, about 45 minutes north of Atlanta. Um, couldn't get a race car to drive, so I rented a Saturn Aura from Hertz and did my three-day race school in a rental car. I got the extra no insurance. Way. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I got the extra insurance, so if I uh, wrecked it, <laughs> I would uh, tow it off the property somewhere else and just claim I hit a squirrel or something. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I got my race license and then uh, came back to California and finished building my car. Uh, did my first race up in Button Willow, which is in um, – Central California, if you're on your way to the Bay Area, you'll drive right past, right past the racetrack off Lerdo Highway, off the uh, 5. Um, did my first middle race. Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Did my yep. first race in June of 2010. Um, a year before that, I met um, 
a mutual friend of mine. We had been mutual friends for apparently seven years before we actually met. And people said, oh, I'm building, I was building my race car. And they said, oh, you got to talk to Steve. Steve's, Steve has a race car. He, Not me. He races, different Steve. He races in uh, the same series that you want to race in, talk to him about the rules, whatnot. And um, so I, I said, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I finally met him in 2009. Steve was super cool, and in 2010 we started dating. That's and um, we're now been married for eight and a half years. Um, that's how I met my husband uh, through racing. And so I do road course racing. So it's people think, oh, is it Fast and the Furious drag racing? No, it's not. Uh, we do uh, wheel to wheel road course racing. So if you watch NASCAR, they they almost entirely do oval racing. So you turn left. Uh, road course racing would be similar to formula one and that they, they turn left right go up down whatnot all around um but not nearly the expense of the car so you have your your classic um gt cars that you race so we race a couple of older bmws um and it's an absolute ton of fun and um that's what we've i've had my race license for about 10 years now and i instruct new students so we take new people out teach them how to race and get door to door at 120 miles an hour and be comfortable doing that what? um yeah we go fast jerry yeah uh, no no way fastest <laughs> fastest track on the west coast would be california speedway and in a quick car you'll do 160 mile an hour on the front straight what can your car do? Whoa! Uh, so my car is what they what they call gear limited. So my differential, the the way the ratio is set up in the differential in fifth gear at at red line, which is like seventy two hundred RPM, I can do about one hundred and forty five miles an hour, and and it'll do that. So you Ooh. you get out of the front straight, you just flat on the throttle, you hit one hundred and forty five, <laughs> you're and you just stay flat. And actually, the drag of the tires and the arrow will slow you down a little bit. And then as you exit the corner, you'll speed back up. And then you hit the brakes and you turn in and you do the infield. Mm. Um, it's an absolute blast. Absolute blast. So I'm uh, – it, it's so much fun. And nobody in my family did car stuff either. I'm a little weird. I don't know. Not no weird. Soccer, no you cars. do your own thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. It's a lot of fun. And now, I mean, you, you guys both have race cars. Um, yep. You have a huge race car trailer, big dually truck. You guys, yeah. you know, it's, it's incredible. You know, um, so we don't have children. I should I should uh, make this known. We don't have children. <laughs> um, and so we have all this extra money that you would normally spend on your kids. And uh, so we spend that on, uh, you know, we basically take a bunch of our cash. We go out to a racetrack in the middle of the desert. Everybody puts their cash into a 5 a 55 gallon barrel put it in there put some fuel on there and we just light on fire <laughs> and that's what we do all weekend long it costs <laughs> jerry, jerry you should see jerry's face must His be jaw must, must be nice <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's a lot of fun oh my god it's a lot of fun you know with, my, with my group what we do is we take our money we uh put it in a uh barrel and then we take it right out, and then we go to the Walmart and buy uh, diapers. That's what, that's what yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah. I've heard diapers are almost as expensive God. as race tires. You might as well be burning <laughs> your money, too. That's pretty much what – jeez. Yeah. yeah, awesome. yeah. And my son hates to have a, a wet diaper. He, like, pees, and he's like, change me now. And so we go through so many diapers. So yeah. Expensive. The nice Sounds thing like about dead. a race car is that if you don't want to spend any money on it, you just put it in the garage – uh -huh. And you close the garage door, and then you don't have to spend any money. 
You can't do that with kids and dogs, unfortunately. No. You don't have that's kids, true. but you do have dogs. I have two dogs and I have a horse. Um, oh, we didn't really touch on that. I've had horses my whole life, too. Yeah, I like a, I like expensive hobbies. But to, to go on the racing insane. thing, you always name your your dogs after racers, correct? Yeah, so I have my my uh, our first dog we named after a racer was my beloved Senna, who's named after Ariston Senna. I think uh, Ricardo, um, part of the Loyals, he is a huge Senna fan because he's Brazilian. Um, if mm-hmm. you haven't seen the documentary, uh, the documentary Senna is amazing. You do not have to be a racer to love and appreciate the documentary. Um, that man was amazing. Um, and then I have a, a Mika, or uh, she's named after Mika Hakkinen, who's a Finnish Formula One driver. And then I have a Enzo, who is named after Enzo Ferrari, who is the founder of Ferrari. Um, if you watch um, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, a recreation of, of Enzo is in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and those awesome. are my those are my current. And then my my horse, he's not named after a race car or anything, but he did he was a racehorse. So there's a lot of racing in my my family, I guess. So awesome. when you were doing horses, you said you've had horses all your life. Would you think that, mm-hmm. do you think that that was kind of like a segue into possibly the, the car thing? Into Definitely adre- an adrenaline thing. So yeah. the horses I did, um, like show jumping. So I did oh. jumpers. So the premise of that is you have a course and it's based on time and, you need to be clear your first round. Don't knock anything down. And then most of the time you have a jump off. So the clear, the people that don't have any faults come back and they do an abbreviated course as fast as possible. And um, it's an absolute ton of fun. And my horse, I've had him since he was three. He is now 23. So I've had him 20 years this December. He was a, a racehorse. He raced in Arizona. Um, very, very fast. Very well bred. Didn't really like to race. But he was a ton of fun, um, and you just you do those jumps, and you ask him to go, and and he's gonna haul ass, and he'll do whatever you ask him to do. Um, so definitely an adrenaline junkie. Um, love riding horses fast, jumping big jumps, racing cars fast, playing soccer fast, jumping out of airplanes. I've been skydiving twice. Um, anything real exciting, I, I love it. You're not. Uh, you're not wrong though. Those are expensive. Too. Those yeah. are expensive. Oh, I'm super hobbies. competitive. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes That's I wish. I, all I these would. are very competitive. They're racing, right? Some of the most competitive you can be, which is definitely the theme there. But it's it's cool. Yeah. It's all cool stuff. So it's a lot of fun. So transitioning from the car racing um, into you are the owner of an auto repair shop. I will give you the, your true. chance to your, your free plug to. I can um, plug. Yeah. Okay. yeah, but talk about how if that came about and podcast, if you, at least. you know, your yeah. passion of cars and um, pretty yeah. good career. So I um I love cars and I love helping people. So for many years, uh, I worked at dealerships as a service advisor. I worked for a couple BMW dealerships. I worked for a Volkswagen dealer, um, just helping people with service. It's the part that really nobody really wants to deal with on their car. You know, the exciting part's buying your car, but when you have to go get it serviced, it's no fun. Um, and I, I knew the mechanical side of it, and I loved helping people, and I worked for dealers for years. Um, but it, it, it was always, there was always certain things that were required of me that I just couldn't quite do. I'm not really a salesperson. Uh, if you need something, I'll recommend it, but I'm not very pushy. So I just decided, you know, I, I want to do this, but I don't want to be held to the standards of 
you know, pushy, pushy, pushy salesperson. I'm not like that. So my husband said, well, why don't we buy our own shop? Why don't we do our own thing? And then you can recommend only what you recommend. And, and so we did that two years ago. We bought a shop in Miramar called Miramar Automotive and Transmission. It's been in business for about 35 years. Uh, the previous owner, um, his wife had a job offer in Florida, so he had to move, so he put the shop up for sale. We had a good opportunity. Um, it's a small shop. We have about five lifts. Um, we currently have three technicians, and I just hired a service advisor a couple weeks ago. So um, we work on all makes and models. Um, it is a it is a lot of fun. Um, I, I just I'm sorry I'm saying um a lot, Jerry. I apologize. <laughs> and, you're forgiven. The other two are not. I'm guests just, are uh, allowed to do whatever they yeah, want. Guests fine. can wear their shoes in the house. <laughs> yeah, we we are not forgiven for exactly. wearing their shoes. If they don't put on their if they if they don't put on their booties before they walk into this show, I get so upset. It's it's really cool to have something that is your own and be the boss. And sometimes I still forget that I'm in charge. And uh, my goal is just, we, we, ha we seriously have the best customers. My service advisor that we hired two and a half weeks ago, every day he says, we have the nicest people come in here every single day. I said, well, that's all we want. We don't, we don't want, we don't, we don't have the mean people. So yeah. we have a great core group of customers and uh, we take really good care of them. Anything they need, we're on it. Um, and that's what I do my day to day. Yeah, that's one of the things that you learn in service, just in general, right? So I, I'm a, a plumber, service plumber, uh, and I have been for 17 years. And that's one of the things that I never take for granted is those customers that appreciate what you do and the care that you give them right back, they give to you. That's when it's like, wow, you know, like having somebody tell you, hey, I am thankful for what you do. And then they actually give you their hard earned cash for what you do. And they know that you're worth it. It's like, God, that's the best. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, and I mean, in, 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 in an industry where, you know, you, you hear so many bad stories about auto repair shops and mechanics and that kind of stuff, like having one you trust. I mean, I brought my truck to Kim, um, our other our other car to Kim. Actually, all three of our cars you know, have been to Kim. Um, and it's, you know, my truck needed a lot of work. And Kim called me. And she just straight up said, hey, your truck's not in good shape. You know, if, if you want this, if you want this to be fixed, you know, here's what you really need to do. Here's what, if your budget is this amount, you know, let's talk about what you really need to take care of um, and what really can wait, you know, until you, you build up yeah. the rest of the funds for it. So um, and that was a conversation. I trust her, you know, she, we did the work and it was gone. So um, huge plug. If you, if anybody of our listeners totally need, uh, need car work, please um, go to Kim. Today's yeah. episode when is sponsored. When my aunt car is out of ants, I will bring it there possibly. <laughs> Yeah, please, uh, the, please don't bring it full of ants to my shop. I, do yeah, well, I did bring you our Honda, which is not full of ants. And you did help me sort out a very weird issue between a dealer and a service person. I took it to a third-party service person, actually, who was very good and I trusted a lot, but was only one guy in a shop. And Kim uh, has a very service one guy in a shop feel, but doesn't have – she has the results and what she did in terms of a, a up and down on the car. I instantly got a diagnostic that was – everything I wanted to know about my car and in a text form that I could read and understand with green and yellow and red so that dummies like me can get it. And so it's just really simple too. I mean, it's like the product she uses, the way she goes about it from an objective standpoint was so much better than the other person who I really liked that now I have to go to Kim. I was like, Hey, you just won me over because you're, you helped sort this out. And now I have to come to you forever because you're not going to get rid of me, even if I get rid of my aunts. So 
There you go. <laughs> episode 13. <laughs> episode 13. It. Episode 13 brought to you by Miramar Automotive and Transmission at 9499 <laughs> Kearney yeah, Road, number uh, 109 check, in San Diego, California. Checks in the mail. <laughs> No, but for real, like you know, we're we're lucky to have somebody like you and, and good people, in, right? Do good processes, and she's a good person so, who understands good processes. So there you go. That's that's it right there to bring it right back to why in the hell are you a part of this leadership, Kim? Oh yeah. my what? god! Oh my god! So I I think several people have mentioned um, their involvement with like Soccer City and how much we have all wanted a professional soccer team in San Diego. I wasn't as involved as some of my my friends and partners here but um i wrote letters to to voters and spent a lot of time putting up signs and posting stuff on social media and doing everything i can so i was really sad when that didn't happen and i was part of the small group that uh, warren called to meet at usd uh, when they were talking about bringing on a, a team a usl team and i said i have to be a part of this. I don't care. I don't care if I'm running a business and working 70 hours a week. I need to be a part of this. Um, and so that's, that's why I'm here. I, I don't have as much time as I would like. And so I, well, before COVID, um, I picked a position that would be a little bit less time consuming than say somebody that had to meet with the stadium or meet, you know, I was interested in those positions, but like, like, I can't leave work. I'm stuck at the shop all day long, but um, I'm just really happy to be involved and, uh, and help whenever needed and, and whatever you guys need. Um, so that's, that's why I had to be a part of it. I was like, this is the, this is the coolest thing that I've seen since I've lived in San Diego and I need to be a part of it. So that's, you definitely helped us on a vote today so you're already doing your job you know well and above board even during coronavirus time so we really appreciate your experience and then you had experience you also you know are not to tell your horn but president of a bmw club uh locally or not you're i'm on the board you're on the board yeah, i've been on the board for like 15 17 years yeah. and so you get a lot of experience kind of functioning yeah. in a body like this and that's where yeah. again i think it kind of ties it back in uh sorry yeah to, to overstay your title but again you're, you've been around and seen other groups function like this that have a fandom yep. towards a, a thing and tying it back to the racing it's yeah, really cool we did, it all come full you circle. know we did events i took meetings i was vice president of the chapter um i've you know i've i have i do have experience in leadership type things uh yeah and so I just really wanted to be involved. I was super excited. I'm, I, I still pinch myself sometimes that we're here and this is happening, you know, because this is so, this is so bitch. As my dad would say, this is bitching, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just wearing the scarves and the shirts around. You feel like, wow, like this yeah. is real. Yeah. yeah. I Sorry. have my my locals mug. Yes. Yeah. I have my Los Peritos T-shirt. That's dope. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. This is great. So before we, um, I think, wrap things up, is there anything we didn't cover that you want to say? Address to our Me? members, to the listeners. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, that I want to say? What didn't What didn't oh. we cover? Anything else? Um, oh, God. Just try, Just to, get in, try, try to get involved. Um, if you don't know any of us, we are nice people. We're pretty cool. <laughs> Just reach out, shoot us a DM, uh, tweet us, Facebook, whatever, whatever the means are. Um, we're, we're super nice people and we love people that want to volunteer and want to get involved. Um, and 
I would have never been involved if I hadn't stepped up and introduced and introduced myself and said hi at O'Brien's that eight years ago, 10 years ago or whatever it was. And, um, it's a ton of fun. And you, I've met some of my best friends through this. I know Steve, you've, you've said they reiterated the same thing and I'm so thankful uh, like to know all of you and especially Jerry. I didn't really know Jerry before this whole thing. And Jerry is, he's so amazing. He's one of my favorites and we love him and we're so appreciative of him. Checks in the mail too. And, and, <laughs> and when I need a plumber, he's going to be there for me. Yeah. So. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Drew's okay. Drew's just, you know. Okay. You know, Drew, we like you. You are a nice guy. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. I hate myself most days. So, you know. But, Drew, yeah. The, uh, no, it's no, like a family. I, I, it is. It's like a family. It's, it's, it's yeah, totally it is. Family. And I will say, we, we, you got us back for the commercial we did for you there. So, thank you for, uh, yeah, for that. But for I would that. say there's, you know, really just a, uh, a general appreciation for the energy you bring and kind of the expertise you bring in, in, you know, different aspects that just none of us know about that, that really helps in having a different perspective. Again, from the racing side, from, um, you know, Lester group side, just things we haven't thought about and in different ways of tapping into stuff. So thanks for being part of our group. Um, Steve, anything else you want to tap into or any lines of questioning you're leaving hooking out there, or do we want to move on to some crowdsource questions from our members? I think we have thoroughly, um, covered the questions that yeah. I had for Kim. So. Yeah. I really quickly just wanted to say like, you you listen to what Kim says. Now you know it's not just us in your ear every single yeah. week telling you these things. Like this is an actual family. It's a group, and I cannot wait yeah. for you guys to hear more and more about leadership. You can hear what an amazing human Kim is, and and her husband who um, maybe isn't as involved. We'll we'll convince him eventually. Uh, but we're gonna have another Steve in there. You'll wear him down, and, and, and he's around. Yeah. And he's around though. And that's the thing is. Um, you know, we, we have such supported, uh, supporting, uh, just family members and loved ones that, are, that push us, all of us that are in leadership, because this is not an easy thing to do. So I'm excited to introduce you to even more and more leaders, but, uh, I think we need to jump into those. No, there's, Steve. so let me, let yeah. me, let me, let me give two more minutes. The, the very first TIFO we did, the, um, forever loyal owned by no one, the big bum one, mm-hmm. um, our initial plans that day to trace, uh, fell through. So we ended up tracing on the side of Kim's garage um, Saturday night. It's true. It, we started at like 7 p.m. We didn't finish till like midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we painted the next day. So it was uh, awesome. It kind of it kind of just goes to show the yeah. the nature of how things run, you know, obviously pre-COVID, but kind of fell through. And I just, you know, I got on my phone. I texted everybody I knew that maybe had some space and said, where can we bring a projector? Where has a wall we can put some fabric up? And, Dude, that's the know, soul and it. spirit of this group, though. Yeah, exactly we did right. that with the first ever. When we did the the crest reveal, we had no place to go to to actually uh, paint that first ever Tifo. We ended up at yeah. Drew's house because yeah. Drew yeah. said, "Hey, I'll move some stuff around. We'll make it happen." And and Drew made it There's happen. No so lines in my garage. Yeah. That's literally like yeah. the type of relationship that we have between all of us this is like a family just like you said so, yeah 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 it's awesome it, all right so to the questions step up to the call and like kim said her like her customers we have the best people we really do it so yeah. i look around i always say like yeah, we're so blessed with the people we have that's the blessing we've been given us this group is like just the best people and that san diego soccer community as a general is like really really cool and shannon and, and landon come from out of town has always said it too so uh, we're, we're validated on several levels questions sorry steve go ahead 
want to make everybody feel good. Put on a nice fuzzy sweater before we get to harsh questions. Virtual so we, hugs. We put our um, we put some feelers out to our Discord. So again, a shout out to our Discord. Check your emails. Um, those links might have expired. So if you have a desire to join our Discord, which is a ton of fun, it's now really active. Yeah. Uh, please email us or reach out to us on our social media. We will send you an updated invite um, swiftly. Um, one of them was um, and um, injury updates. So, um, um, yes. Um, I'm just calling you out. Oh. <laughs> um, injury updates. Does anybody <laughs> want to take this one? So Para practiced today. Dude, Para cool. practiced. After his knee surgery. So that's really quick. That's weirdly quick. Love you too, right? Steve. Maybe? No, I know these yeah, surgeries really the are really quick these days, yeah. but that's pretty quick. And I, I think the specific injury question was on Joe. And um, I, I honestly yeah. don't know. I mean, we seem to we seem to ask the questions and then they like the next day they're like, oh, Joe's training. And they tweet out a picture of Joe on the pitch training, but then they he's not us. in the 18. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know what's going on with Joe. I think um, honestly, he's just hard. Yeah, and just reading between the lines, I mean, they signed Tarek. If I feel like if, if they thought Joe's injury was something that was going to, you know, they were going to come back um, and he was going to come back at least soon, um, they, they might not have made that signing because Joe is obviously a staple at center back. Um, take nothing away from Tarek. I think he's been a great addition. You know, him and Sunman were, were phenomenal. Um, I, I I just I, – I don't know. Um, we, we, we asked the club, um, and they, they kind of give us the same – thing um one one new thing that did end up happening is they did actually list injuries which i think is something that worth mentioning because US, according to usl according to usl they don't they don't have to list any injuries they don't have to list anything um and this club decided to because they told they told uh they told you you, you know the your fan the fans like you know you guys deserve to know part of making a connection to the community is transparency. And part of it is part of that is updating on in- injuries. So they put out a list and yeah, I mean, there were vague, it was vague in the sense of like lower body, body, body injury, that kind of stuff. But they at least, you know, told Buttery. us something beyond, you know, just, a, just really releasing the roster and us seeing who isn't there. So there's something, Dude, there's something there. Might as well take advantage and, and maybe get some more money from Rady's children's hospital. Be like, yo, Injury report sponsored by Rady's Children's Hospital. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least uh, we we want that information. As supporters, we obviously yeah. are looking for it. So it's one of those things. Why not? Just throw it out there. Or, you know, sponsored by Kaiser Permanente or by Scripps. <laughs> Scripps. Whatever, whoever. It doesn't matter. Just, like, tell us who's hurt. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, I think that's the biggest one. Obviously, seeing Paro back is great. Uh, but Joe is the more concerning one, right? I think that's that was a solid piece there in, as a center back. Um, just as you mentioned, I mean, I don't have anything else to add to that. But that's Francis know. was also on that injury list. I don't mm. know anything about that. I did see that. Me, but, yeah, that's um, tough. Uh, there, we had another question, by the way, by um, from yep. John Diaz. Uh, any chance at watch party before season ends? That's a great question and a really tough one that we definitely cannot answer as we saw today as of recording the padres are canceling games two games because of mm-hmm. the giants uh somebody testing positive within the the club so yep you just never know man we can tell you yeah we're hoping for it but we can't tell you for sure that there's going to be any watch parties do we want it absolutely but it has to be a safe situation it has to be a time when everybody 
feels comfortable being able to do it. I trust me. Everybody on this podcast right now, Drew, Steve, Kim, myself, the four of us want nothing more than to be able to hang out with each other in we person. Are dying. Yeah. I, yeah. I promise you. So it's just one of those things that this this just sucks. But we're also smart, and we know that it's not the best of times to do that. And we just need to, you know, just be patient. That's the toughest part right now is the patience, because literally, March. We haven't been able to hang out. And then now we're in September. Like, what the, f you know, like, it's just, yep. it's not an easy thing. So that's my answer for that. Yep, I agree. I think that there's, um, as much as we are dying to do this kind of stuff. And yeah, San Diego County is off the watch list. And, you know, there's all these things. Um, but there's still no gatherings. You know, that's still not allowed. Um, and not even what's allowed and what's not allowed, like, is it is it morally responsible is it socially responsible you know what if what if somebody comes and they don't have it and they spread it and it's traced back to this event how does that look on locals as an organization you know as a supporter group um we have to be responsible we have to think what's best for the greater good and i mean it's like jerry just said i mean this this all kind of started in march and now it look at it six months later you know we're just as close to the start of next season as we are the start of this last season, you know, looking back, looking forward, we're halfway in between. When you really think about, you know, next season kicks off next March, what's next season going to look like? And, you know, if we host some event and there's some outbreak, how does that look on us and any potential for fans next season um, in the stadium? And I just have no clue. I have no clue what next season is going to look like. It's, it's impossible to predict. Um, what the numbers and trends are going to look like. So I'm just hopeful that something changes in the next six months that allows us to have fans. I mean, I know it, it's happening across the country, whether I agree with it or not, it's happening across the country and maybe there's a way to do it safely with, you know, proper protocols, but I, I just, I worry. We are, yeah, we've gone way over Drew. What do you have to We've say, We've had man? a great guest. We've had great content. Yeah, I that's mean, true. Like, it, it's hard not to, Worth it, she, for she, sure. She, she knows about running overtime, and when you're running a race sometimes, it, it takes every second that you have to run it, right? Um, especially with the elements. <laughs> so, yes. Got to do what uh, you got to do. You yeah. do. But I would say just generally wrapping that up, and then I'll transition to a final uh, fun thing. Like the numbers are trending up in our county in the last three weeks. So if you're somebody who just wants to talk about whatever – it's irresponsible of us to do this. And if you look at it, it's the, the age bracket that mostly our group is 20 to 39. That's seen the highest, some of the highest rises um, in recent months. So it's irresponsible of us to kind of go in there, it, go in that thought direction when we're still looking at high rises like SDSU this last week is just another example of Damn you, issues. Steve. I don't want to laugh at it and create schadenfreude because it's not a nice thing. It's a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just not, you know, it's not something where it's a correct idea, but there are people that when you take responsible trips and I had to go somewhere and experience things that I didn't really uh, fully want to put myself in the middle of, but with family, sometimes you do this and I got an opportunity to go to the Midwest and take a trip. Um, and myself, I, I have to be responsible and kind of keep myself uh, limited for the next few, few weeks, but it was nice to see family and it was nice to almost get to meet up with some of our friends that we donated to on a past podcast and talked about our Ford flock friends and, um, as well as the block by block charity. Uh, I tried to scarf meet up with one of them last week. It did not work out. Uh, they did not come and find me. Unfortunately, we had a really limited schedule, so it's not really on them. <laughs> I was in a really like hard place to find. 
but they did send us some cool stuff. Um, you know, they sent me a t-shirt, uh, that was my size. So I'm going to keep that one uh, <laughs> and I'll send them back a t-shirt uh, at my own expense. That is cool. But here's their, their cool t-shirts, a flock t-shirt. It's pretty cool. And then they did nice. send us a scarf that we'll add to our uh, wall of wall o scarves. I'm in a virtual background in our chat here, so I can't no see it. it. Wow, literally being phased out. That's Hold great. on, I gotta great, Drew. get rid of my virtual background here. There you go. Yeah, it's a. Uh, hey. There you go. So there you go. So it's a nice scarf. It's a nice argyle look, uh, kind of comparable to our Balboa. Maybe we'll send them that one back. Then we got a koozie here. So they sent us that. Some other cool stuff. Oh. We'll divvy this up amongst membership or uh, not membership, but maybe uh, leadership. And we'll see maybe as some listeners uh, if somebody wants some uh, stuff here. So it's very nice of them to send us some cool stuff based on our donation. They sent us a nice letter as well. Um, you know, just like, hey, thank you so much for being heroes. You guys are really great for stepping in. And I told them effusively, thank you for what you do. It's been a model to what we do. And they've been really good people to us. So just kind of keep on. Um, you know, keeping your ears to what's going on with those kind of things and in and, and different parts of the country that really need us, even though we're having a really hard time with the fires uh, and they're looking back at us. There's also other things going on as well that we're always keeping an eye to. So uh, the locals will always be here as a beacon and a lighthouse to shine our light uh, where we need to, um, sometimes in multiple directions when it comes to this. So, um, you know, just always keep an eye and ear and let us know where you think we can uh, shine that light. So. Uh, very cool of them to respond in such a way. I thought it was very nice of them uh, to send us some presents. So I uh, appreciate awesome. those guys and gals and uh, folks. And uh, actually, they, as they would say in the Midwest, you guys, I appreciate those guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, everybody's guys. Doesn't matter if you're guys or girls. Everybody's guys. Hey, you guys. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, it's, they're good people. And uh, there's good people everywhere, even when times are rough. Uh, we're all united by, I think, the... Uh, the striving for, for better and striving for more, uh, for everybody. So cool stuff. And thanks those. Thanks guys. And thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I really appreciate you for being here with us and sticking through, uh, an hour and a half of nonsense, uh, mostly just, uh, yeah. people talking about football. We're pretty much at the hour and a half mark, by the way. Yes. Thank you to the flock. That was awesome. And also I want to say thank you to the electric company because, uh, they are going to be leaving in our possession the Legends Shield, which we actually did, hadn't talked about. Had, is in the garage of said president, Steve Brokoff, currently. We need to get that thing painted, by the way. Yep, we do. We are the winners of the first ever uh, Legends Shield between the they electric owe. company and the local supporter group. So They owe us a, an engraved plaque to put on the back. Nice. There you go. There you have it. So ending on really good notes. What a great pod, you guys. I'm so stoked to be able to bring Kim on. It's been a while. Uh, by the way, Kim, everything that you said about me, I feel exactly the same way about you. <laughs> I think you are awesome. And uh, we're, we're lucky. Honestly, we're just spoiled to have you. Um, and yep. and, and uh, we hope to continue to have you. And hopefully, like I said, we'll convince the, hu the hubby to also join eventually. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a slow process, maybe later. Uh, you guys are very busy people. And that's the thing is we're all very busy. So I appreciate every single minute that you guys take on this. Uh, we're building this as a family. And uh, I think I think you guys can see that and hear that. This is uh, yeah. going to be pretty Thank you pretty for awesome. having me on. I, if you guys uh, feel like hearing more about cars or horses or all sorts of random things that I uh, uh, know about, I would be happy to be on again. There you go. Where can okay. people find you, actually? You're on social media, aren't you? 
yeah, I'm on. Oh my god, I don't even know my own Twitter. I, <laughs> <laughs> I signed up like 11 years ago. I don't know. I think it's K Y M M Y one six W. I think on Twitter. That's right. Yeah, K sixteen W. Um, I don't do a lot on Twitter. I'm not gonna lie. You guys move way too fast on Twitter for me to keep up. I'm working. <laughs> I work 12 hour days. I don't have time to look for half the day. But uh, yeah, everyone. If you want to talk to Cam, just take your car to Miramar Auto Repair. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Auto Automotive and Transmission. Excuse me. Yeah. Right. Especially Auto if you're a Lester fan, you want yeah. her takes. You got to drive there. Yeah. <laughs> no, there I appreciate you it. You guys are great. You guys have a great podcast. Um, even all- even though I said um, I, I uh, it's a great. You, you're fine. I just Steve is the one that's oh, gonna yeah. get all of the. I, it's uh, Steve. Oh, you're gonna go talking after this. Too. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that L. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it later. No, I'm, no I still great. do it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Jerry's version of we'll go out behind the shed. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get a beaten tonight. We'll, we'll have a conversation. Uh, no, but thank you, Kim, for being uh, with us. Uh, Steve, you. Drew, anything you want to add? No. Okay, we're good. Uh, no. That's it. That's gonna do it for us. We're gonna continue having some beers. It's Friday, so again, Sunday night match. Against Orange County, against Orange County. Wow. <laughs> for myself. Uh, that's it, though. That's gonna do it for us. Episode thirteen in the books. Thank you guys for listening. See you guys in episode fourteen. Send us your questions. Send us your comments, reactions, whatever. Rate us on, you know, iTunes and on. I think we're on Stitcher. We're on pretty much all of the podcast things. Thingamajiggies. So make sure you. Uh, Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you want to hear. This is your podcast at the end of the day. Uh, So, again, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys all later. Bye.